we do things on Sunday mornings, and we have, we, um, you know, the message is all about the apostles' teaching, about the Bible. And we take time to worship, we take time to pray a little. But, but you know what? We, I feel like what God was showing me this morning was that in that community, there was this deep sense of awe. You know, there was like, whoa. And we pray every morning before the service here. And, and, and one of the people, as we prayed together, <clears throat> said that, that we would have an expectation, an expectant heart. And I feel like that's kind of what it means to have this deep sense of awe was, was there amongst the people. As apostles, the apostles performed miracles and signs and wonders. People came expecting God to do something. And so often we come, and it's like, we, we just come. You know, we, we expect, okay, there's going to be some singing, there's going to be some talking, and I'm going to sit there, hopefully, for an hour, 15 minutes, whatever, and hopefully there's something good to eat after. That's our expectation. But, but do we have this, this sense of awe that God's going to do something? And, and I felt like this morning... Let's begin to pray that this would be just more than just a gathering. This would be an experience that we have with God, the God who has the power to to perform miracles. And so um, we're going to pray, all right? And, 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 you know, let's just pray expecting God to do something. And so how are we going to do this? I'm going to pray, and we're going to pray that God would heal. You know, anybody who needs it, God would heal. That God would meet people where they are. And that God would bless people here to be a blessing. God doesn't bless us just to bless us. God blesses us so that we become a conduit for his blessings, all right? So let's just pray. All right, let's pray. Father, we just come before you now. And we pray. And it's not just an exercise, God. That we come into the presence of Almighty God. The God who created everything that we see with just a word. And Father, I pray there, there are people who need healing. There's all different levels from some people this morning who are are sick, people who are dealing with cancer, uh, people who are dealing with serious ailments. Might be even people who are really struggling through depression, discouragement. Might just be stress. Father, I pray, God, you see all because you're God Almighty. And I pray right now that in the name of Jesus that you would heal, that you would touch people right now and give us faith, God, right now. Give us the faith to believe and that we know people who desperately need healing. Will you use us as conduits of your healing power right now? 
that, that we, you have called each of us to be a minister, that we can pray. And so right now, as the Lord brings to mind just different people, pray for them. Just say, God, will you heal so-and-so? Just tell God right now, just heal. Heal that you have the power to heal. And Father, I pray that we gather here on Sundays, and it would be more than just a meeting, that we would come here really to experience you in a greater and a deeper and a more personal way, Father. That, that, that we would come here expecting you, as we gather together, you said where two or three are gathered, you are right there. And Lord, Father, you're right here. That may we have that, that sense, that experience of your presence. That we would have an expectation that when we gather here, we leave changed. That will you change us? <clears throat> will you speak to us? Will you speak to us heart to heart? Will you speak to us spirit to spirit? Will you speak to our souls? Father, I just pray now that you would stir in us this sense of expectation, that you would stir in us this sense of awe that we are here in the presence of Almighty God. And the craziest thing, Father, is that you are God Almighty, and yet you say to us, you say to us that I am your Father, I am your Daddy in heaven, and come to me as children. And so we come to you this morning as children. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I've been kind of doing what he said to do in the first chapter of the book, you know, he, he writes this. He says, imagine you find yourself stranded on a deserted island with nothing but a copy of the Bible. You have no experience with Christianity whatsoever, and all you know about the church will come from your reading of the Bible. How would you imagine a church to function? And I've been doing that with my times with the Lord. You know, I've just been, I just, after I, you know, I do, I read the word and I stop and I say, God, you know, Holy Spirit, will you just speak to me right now? Will you just show me? And it's been really, um, really challenging because I look at, at so much of what we do, I don't know if I would be doing all those things if I just had the Bible and, and just reading that. And I realize so much has come from our traditions. And there's nothing wrong with traditions, but, 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 but we need to get back to the foundations. And so I just read over and over again Acts 2, the, 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 the beginning of that church, and how they continually devoted themselves. You know? And what I thought about was, um, you know, they, they didn't... It's like so often in church today, in, in life today, we come here on Sunday and, and, and we, we, we just enjoy this time together, you know? And, and, and it's like our, our God time. And it's almost like it's a, 
It's a, it's a break from the, the real world. And then Monday, we start up, and, and, and we live our lives as, as whatever, you know, like a, um, a plumber, an electrician, an accountant, whatever it is. And then we go through that week, and we just kind of crawl into Sunday again to get rejuvenated and all that. And, and our lives are just like different compartments of different things. And like for some of us, Sunday afternoon, it's like, you know, wife, kids, go shopping because I'm watching games, right? Some of you right now, the, the game that, that you, your team is playing right now and you're just so grateful for DVR or whatever it is, then you go home and you don't want to hear any scores, Right? Right, you know, <clears throat> and uh, and we compartmentalize our lives. And when I when I read the Bible, and when I read Acts, that that this was a group of people who who continually devoted themselves to the things of God. They didn't say God on Sunday, work on Monday. It was like, and 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 they had to work, but. But there was something that overrode everything. It was a devotion. And I thought about, what am I devoted to? You know, what are you devoted to? You know, what are we devoted to? You know, well, I'm devoted to work. Because if I can't work, I can't feed my family and all. But, but, but there was something more important with that early church. They continually devoted themselves to to getting to know God through the Bible, the apostles' teaching. It wasn't just one day a week. They were doing that all through the week. They were devoting themselves to fellowship, that, that there's a sense of community with other followers of Jesus. And that was really important to them. You know, it wasn't just, oh, man, I got to go to a small group again this week. I just got to go. That's what Christians do. No, they, they got together. And then later on in, in Acts 2, you read that they got together and, and, they, and they prayed together. They, worshiped, they, they ate together, right? And, and when you get together in life groups, that's what we call our small groups here, our life groups, you know, food is a part of that. You know, food is a part of that. And so, like, you know, you, you gather together and you share meals together. And that's what they were devoted to. They were devoted to, um, it talks about the breaking of bread. And, and if you read throughout the New Testament, when you see that term, and if you go back to the Greek of that term, they're talking about, they, they celebrated the Lord's, you know, communion. They, they did that all the time. And how I interpret that is that they worship was something that they continually devoted. They never forgot about God. They just worship. And then they prayed. They didn't just pray before meals. They devoted themselves to prayer. And in the midst of what they were doing, there were miracles going on. And there was an expectation of miracles, signs, and wonders. And it was like, whoa. And, and this was a group of people that started with about 120 people. And then the Holy Spirit came, 
and filled them. And they began to speak in other tongues. And, and all these things were happening. But the most important thing was the Holy Spirit was filling them. And then they began to, to, to go and do what God had called them to do. And Peter got up and he spoke. And that 120, that group of 120 people just exploded to a group of over 3,000 people. <clears throat> Why did that happen? Because God was doing something in their midst. As they devoted themselves to all this, there was this deep sense of awe, and people were like, something is going on. <clears throat> and, and, and when I think of the church, and where we are today, I feel like we're in a really important place. That, that all this week, as I've been reading, and I was reading John, and God just spoke to me, and, and he said, Mark, I love, I love KCF. And, and I am pruning KCF. That, that part of your mission is to send out, continually send out. And we sent out Max and, and, and Salt and Light. And as a result, we look and, 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 I, and it's like God has pruned us. Right? He stripped away things. And I keep thinking of the picture that I see about a grapevine that is pruned and it looks dead. I mean, seriously, Google prune grapevine. You know, the brother is dead. If I didn't know anything, and I don't know nothing about growing grapevines, but I was like, oh, that was a dead one there. And then slowly, yeah, slowly, it begins to regroup, and you see little sprouts on this dead, black, dark brown stump of a whatever. And then there's little shoots that begin to grow up. And, and, and God was saying in John, he says, that I prune you back and I strip away things so that you can bear more fruit. Isn't that crazy? That you prune a vine, you prune a plant so that it can bear more fruit. <clears throat> And I think what God is saying to us is, is church, I want you to bear more fruit. And as these new sprouts grow up, it's a brand new vine, <clears throat> right? From the foundation of that stump comes this brand new vine. And that's what God is doing here today. <clears throat> you know, and that's why what Dave talked about last week, and, and it starts off there, that every person, every person is a minister, that you are all ministers. And, and here's the craziest thing. Church for us happens Monday through Sunday. And it's like, you know, what God wants to do is, is that he wants you to be a shoot and to be a minister where you are, right? That, 
that you're not just to come here and just enjoy and, and head back and, and to the, you know, uh, to the workplace and all that. God has put you in that workplace to make a huge difference. Today, what we see in the church is you have these people called pastors. And they're typically called, typically called what? Ministers. Why? Because in our mind, we think that they're supposed to minister. Okay, what do they minister? They, they, they do ministry, they do counseling, they do teaching, <clears throat> they encourage. When you go to the hospital, they come. We need healing, they come. When marriage is messed up, they, they do that. You know, they do whatever. Right? They do ministry because they're ministers. And the crazy thing is, is in the way church is, the people in the church... They're the recipients of the ministry, right? So here's this, so like in our church, we had a pastor guy. Oh, like me, I'm a pastor guy, right? And I'm a minister. And all of you are, are the people in the church. Here's the church, here's the steeple, open up the door, you know, all that stuff. There's the people. And so how church runs is you got me here, Sonny here, and, and we do all the ministry. And what we do is we go around and we go like, oh, 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 Mitchell, Mitchell, Mitchell needs help. And I go minister to Mitchell. And all of us go, yay, there's Mark doing his job. He's, Dave's kind of bummed today because, you know, because UH got crushed last night. And he stayed to the very bitter end. Tammy and Josh well, might have wanted to go home, but they, no, we stayed the bitter end. So look, look at him. Look, arms full. He's not happy. <laughs> so we go and, Mark, Mark, you're the pastor. Minister to Dave. Dave, the sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> right? Right? And, and that's what we think. And, and, the, the, and then we cheer, and it's like, we cheer, we cheer the monkeys on the stage on. Like, yay, Mark, good job. That's what I need. The problem is, nowhere in the Bible, when you look at the Bible, that's not how it works. Funny thing. Funny thing, that don't work. That, that people took responsibility. Like, if there was a need, and if Dave was struggling, the roads there say, our brother is hurting. We don't even like football, but it means something to him. And so they gather around Dave, and they go, Dave, how you doing? How you doing? They go, you know, let's, let's go to lunch. They go to lunch. They take Dave to lunch. And they took responsibility. Nowhere in the Bible do you see the church operating like that. And the other thing is that when that happens, the church isn't healthy. Because, because God has, has, has so created the church that every person is a minister. And, and what the 
leaders do, the pastors and the other leaders do, is they equip and they prepare people for ministry. You see? And when the people become the recipients of the ministry, church is right here. And we have no impact in the world. And God says, go in the world and make disciples. We don't have time for that. Because we're too busy just here. You know? Pastors are running around trying to minister to everybody here. Everybody in here goes, ooh, 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 I got a need. And then what Dave talked about last week was this consumer mentality. That's kind of what happens. That didn't happen in the early church. They didn't go like, you know what? This church isn't meeting my needs. Or like I heard that that church has a better children's ministry. Or like, oh, you know what? That church has better food afterwards. You know, whatever, I'm not being fair. I'm, and and they, they go from church to church to church looking for the perfect church. The problem with that, there is no perfect church. The perfect church is the church that understands that we're the church. And every person is a minister. And we come here and we gather and we minister. And, and it's like my job on a Sunday morning is I want to equip you guys that I want to give you something so that when you go to work on Monday morning, you're going to go there with the confidence and the assurance and the encouragement of God that, man, I got something to give. And all I do is I'm cheering you on, equipping you, because every person is a minister. The chapter that we're in now, I say all that, the chapter that we're in now this week is called Good Shepherds. It's talking about leaders. God's design for the church is every person is to be a minister. God's design in the church is that leaders are to equip people for the work of ministry. That leaders are here to prepare. It's like a coach. Players play the game. Coaches prepare the players to play the game. That's what it's like. In Ephesians chapter 4, we've got to read this. Verse 11. Christ gave himself So Christ himself gave to the church what? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith, knowledge of the Son of God, become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You know what, guys? How do we reach unity in the faith? How do we grow in our knowledge of the Son of God? How do we all become mature? You know, how do we attain to the whole measure of everything that God wants us to have? How do we do that? It's when people are ministering and people say, I'm a minister, and leaders are equipping people for ministry. That's how that happens. When the church operates where the pastor is the minister and people are the recipients of the ministry, you never become mature that you never experience everything God has because that's not God's design. See? That's, and, it, and, 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 and the body, if the church is Christ's body, the body becomes unhealthy because it's not functioning the way it should. And this is something the church has struggled with all the time. In Acts chapter 6, okay, the church is growing Thousands of people are there. And then in verse, chapter 6, verse 1, in those days, the number of disciples were growing. The church was growing. And the Hellenistic Jews 
The Greek-speaking Jews among them complained against the, the Jew, the Hebraic Jews, because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the 12 gathered all the disciples together. They went up and said, you know, you leaders got to do something. Our widows ain't getting food. And they went to the 12. They went to the leaders and said, you all got to do something. This is your church. You all got to do something, right? So they gathered and said, it wouldn't be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word in order to wait on tables. He says, look, we have a responsibility as leaders. We've got to focus in on the word because our job is to equip and to prepare people. Okay? So he says, it would not be right. Brothers and sisters, you choose. You go and choose seven men from where? From among you. Not out there. Among you, choose seven men who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. Okay? And we will turn this responsibility over to them and they can continue to do the daily distribution of food. There's administration, there's a lot of things. What did the apostles tell these people? Look for, here's the job description full of the spirit and wisdom. So often when we look for people to get involved and be leaders and all this, we have an idea what they're supposed to be like. If, if you're going to be a leader, you've got to be this. You've got to be, you know, this time you've got to have these qualities. This is what God said through the apostles. Look for guys. Here are, here's the most important thing. They're full of the Spirit and wisdom. In other words... Pick guys who are close to the Lord. Yeah, but they're not dynamic speakers. They're not administratively. It doesn't matter. Why? Because God will give them everything they need if they're full of the Spirit. How different what God does and how God instructs and what the world does. And so they did that. They did all that. And then we see in verse 7, what's the result of them choosing the, the leaders doing what they're supposed to do? They're choosing people. This is what happens. The word of God spread, and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and even a whole bunch of priests thought, that's pretty cool, and they became followers of Christ. When the church is functioning how it's supposed to, when people are ministering, when people are, are looking at their lives and their primary focus is, I'm not a plumber first. I am a follower of Christ first. I'm not devoted to work. I am devoted to Christ first. And when people saw themselves as ministers and they went out, and the leaders did what they were supposed to do. And it wasn't minister, recipients of ministry. It wasn't like that. It was coach, equipper, ministers, and the recipients of the ministry out there. Look what happens. And that's what God is doing. But I got to say this. That being a leader in the church 
can be very challenging. Henry and Richard Blackaby, in their book, Spiritual Leadership, great book, by the way, wrote this. A spiritual leader's task is to move people from where they are to where God wants them to be. This is influence. Once spiritual leaders understand God's will, they make every effort to move their followers from following their own agendas to pursuing God's purposes. People who fail to move people to God's agenda have not led. They may have exhorted, cajoled, pleaded, bullied, begged, whatever, but they will not have led until their people have adjusted their lives to God's will. And I tell you what, that is impossible. That's an impossible task. On our own, on our own human strength and ingenuity, that is impossible. I cannot make you all do anything. You know, cannot. Especially to this magnitude. <clears throat> and that's why the most important thing for a leader, and I want you all to pray for all our leaders, and I'm going to call them up in a few seconds. God's job description for us is that we've got to understand that it is God's power that works through us, that we've got to be totally dependent on God for everything. This is God's church, totally dependent, totally reliant on the power of God's spirit, not my power, God's power. And I gotta be, we got to be totally surrendered, totally surrendered to God and his plans, not my will, but yours be done. Friends, I can tell you, that's hard. To be totally all that, dependent, reliant, and surrendered, that's hard. It is difficult being a leader. I am so grateful that I have the privilege of, of serving alongside great men and women who God has raised up. In fact, all our leaders in our church, they're like heroes to me. See, I do this all the hours of my week. Right? Sonny does this all the hours of his week. But these leaders, they have jobs. And on top of that, because they have chosen to totally devote themselves to Christ, on top of their jobs, they step into leadership. And that's not easy. And I'm not talking a part-time job. I'm talking a full-on job. And so I wanted to call up our leaders. Okay, so we have elders and, and key leaders, the strategy leaders, teaching team leaders, life group leaders, our small group leaders, all the leaders from our ministry. I want them to all line up here. Right? I think we got some lays for them. <clears throat> And as they're giving the lays, I, I want you to know, all right, that um, these are people who've made a choice. Leadership is a choice to say, on top of everything I'm doing, as I follow Christ, as I follow Christ, he's called me to lead, all right? And we're still waiting for Kelsey to come up, okay? So when Kelsey comes up, 
then we can pray. But, but things we can do, because okay, she can't hide because I see her, is pray for our leaders. I wanted them to come up so you can see who they are, and I want you to pray for them. Um, you might want to ask them, hey, Ensign, how's the moving company going? How's the movers going? How can I pray for you? You know, right? How can I pray? Hey, Danny. Danny is an elder. Danny Chan. And he's also part of the prayer team. All these women gather to pray. Auntie Sally and all. And, and, and Danny here says, I'm going to be the man who joins the women. <clears throat> Only one there. Danny Chan, the man. Right? Hey, Danny Chan, the man. How can I pray for you? Right? You know? You're going to look and you go like, wow, there's someone who is head and shoulders above everybody else. His name is Jonathan Skadelsky. Okay? Yeah. Jonathan Skadelsky has this really important job in our state. Hey, Jonathan Skadelsky, who leads a life group, how can I pray for you? Okay. Jonathan Skadelsky, how much daughters do you have? Two that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> Any father with daughters need much prayer. Teenage daughters. Teenage daughters. He got two of them. Much prayer is needed. Hey, Jonathan, how can I pray for you? I know you got a son, but, you know, sons don't require as much work as daughters. Right? Yeah. No. Okay. That's what Jonathan told me anyway. So, don't hit up. Okay? But, but ask them. How do we pray? How do I pray for you? And then encourage them. You know, one of the things we can do better in our church, encourage people. Encourage people. Nathan, that was a good job today. Nathan, leading worship. Nathan, good job. Jimmy Fung, if you're a parent, you see him every week, right? In the front, checking you in. When was the last time you said, hey, Jimmy, Thank you for what you're doing. Man, I appreciate you doing that. Oh, better you than me. No, don't say that. Just, like, just say, so happy. Okay. You know? One of the best ways you can encourage our leaders is what? Getting engaged in serving. Annie Fong, children's programming on Sunday morning. How encouraging would it be if people came up to you and go, hey, I want to help. Pretty encouraging. Yeah, yeah, she cried. I want to see Annie cry in church. Come up. Okay. And then grow. So what I wanted to do, what I wanted us to pray blessing on our because leadership is hard. They're not here for me so I can minister to all of you. We're not here to minister to everyone here. We're here to equip the body to be ministers. And we minister to each other, and we minister to the world. That's how church is supposed to be.
right? We all do our part. What is the leader's part? They're encouraging you, praying for you, preparing you, equipping you so you can be a minister. Pastor Sonny leads a life group. In his life group, there's this gentleman, my good friend. His name is Frank out there. And Frank is my brother because we both like to cook. And so Sonny is equipping Frank to cook, not just for us, even though that would be much appreciated. (laughs) It's so that Frank can bless the people around him outside the church with the gifts that God has given him. It's not easy to cook like me and Frank. Like, we're like chefs. Chef Frank. But if all he did was use his gifts for that life group, there's a word that Ensign knows that we used to say a lot when we were younger. It's called poho. I don't even know what language that is. (laughs) But poho, if... Frank, that means, oh, it's waste if Frank just does that, all right? Our job, prepare and equip. All of our jobs, minister, minister, all right? So today, I want you to minister. So extend your hand. Let's pray for our leaders who God has raised up. And one day, this is my prayer, all of us will be up here. And God would increase our numbers so that there'll be other people filling here. And all of us would be here. And we'll just go on and on. Because God has called all of us to lead. All right? But let's just pray. Father, we just pray blessing on all these leaders. Thank you so much for everything they do. On top of all the responsibilities they have. They chose. It's a decision. No one forced them, God. They made a choice. In their devotion to you, they says, I am going to use my gifts to prepare and equip the body. Thank you. Thank you for them. Thank you for each leader, to our elders, to those on the teaching team, to the strategy team, to all the ministry leaders, to the life group leaders. Father, I pray you would bless them. And teach us how to encourage them. Teach us how to pray for them. Thank you, Father, for these men and women. How grateful I personally am for all of them. In Jesus' name, amen.